Fighters were paid and history was made. Just 24 hours on UFC. My chair just fell. Um, 24 hours ago, just at UFC uh, 199. We're going to talk all about it and pay tribute to a combat sports legend. Coming right up. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. One of the best right there. The greatest. Ali's theme. Ali, Bomaye. And by the way, it wasn't your chair that fell. It was also your joke that we're fell. Kinda, we're kind of... Well, that's not the joke. <laughs> that's not the... Well, what was the joke? That, well, that wasn't the joke that you had lined up? No. You what, me what did you think was a joke? Huh? What part of it was a joke? I thought you were trying to be coy and funny. How? It was... I agree. You know, it's like, I thought you were just opening the show. We're going to have a good show. And there no, we are. Either way, we're going to add that intro to the blooper reel. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, I'm shrinking. But anyways, we are here on AfterBuzz TV. Uh, going to be covering UFC 199. Just happened 24 hours ago. Just right from the block. Mm-hmm. Right down the I'm block. I'm still and, pumped uh, up from being there. It Inglewood. Awesome. Um, you know, it, it's going to be fun to talk about because I watched it from home, but you guys were actually there at the forum. Mm-hmm. Watching UFC 199 live. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk all about it. There's going to be a lot to talk about. Um, But first things first, Mm -hmm. let's uh, introduce yourselves first. Of course, we have Jay Chan, Gabriel Gonzalez. But, uh, you know, where can people find you on social media? I am all over the internet at JTan716. The the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram. I'm on Snapchat, but really only just to see boobs, I'll be (laughs) honest with you. How's that working out for you? Not very well. Not much. All my all my male friends keep like adding me, and I'm like, I don't need this. Clearly, you're following the wrong people. You can find me on Twitter anytime <laughs> at Double G on TV. I am George Hermosa. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. I just got a Twitch account. So if you guys want to watch me play UFC two, and you know, I suck at Are it. Are you good? <laughs> I suck at it. I mean, but you know, who, who wants to watch a bunch of winners? Let's watch a bunch of bunch of losers. Mighty but, Mouse and Shayna Baszler have pretty big uh, really? Twitch followings, I believe. I know Mighty Mouse does. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Twitch. I'm she even, challenged the mouse. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, he's he's big on like the League of Legends kind of games. Oh, okay. I'm not big on those. <laughs> Because he's that's his break time away from yeah, the cage. Pretty You're much. trying to get in the cage. But yeah, G Hermosa, G H E R M O Z A. You can follow me on that. You can buy stuff from my eBay page. I'm selling a lot of cool sports stuff, <laughs> a cool a lot of pro wrestling stuff as well. Uh, yeah, so that's where you can find us. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this uh, UFC 189. But first things first, uh, Friday night uh, yeah. legend, not just a legend in combat sports, but just legend in all sports. Uh, Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, a, a cultural icon, mm-hmm. you know, worldwide. Um, but yeah, I, I, it goes beyond sports. Uh, but we all, the world lost uh, uh, lost a great figure Friday night. I mean, definitely, uh, the word influential would be an understatement mm-hmm. for, for what he's done, not only for, like I said, for combat sports. Um, you know, you look at lists like, you know, ESPN or, or Fox Sports or, you know, whoever, you know, has lists. They don't really talk about Ali being the number one, you know, combat sports fighter. They, they think that he's the number one athlete ever. Hmm. You know him, Jordan, Gretzky. Like those right. are you know those three are always revolving around each other. And uh, I mean Gabriel, I know you're a little bit younger than us. I know you're still in your twenties, but yeah. that 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 just goes to show just the impact of that all he had because he just has it not only on the thirty year olds and the forty year olds, but also on the twenty year olds. Talk about what he's you know what you saw Ali do, and you know in, whether it's in movies or history or no. Well, definitely, you know um, they alluded to that. I was uh, at home when I got the news, and I. Was, turned it to ESPN and they really did talk about it for a lot of people my age Ali the boxer is only a guy you know on YouTube you know yeah there's Will Smith in the mm-hmm. movie but the true to life Ali <laughs> you know we I can only go on the internet and I already know what's gonna happen when mm-hmm. he fights Joe Frazier mm-hmm. George Foreman but what I really always admire about him you know that confidence he always had that confidence that I think everyone wishes they had in themselves at one point or another and for as great as he was in the ring, he was probably an even better humanitarian and mm-hmm. influential. The fact that I can't remember him doesn't mean that I don't understand how great he was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's just a big thing. And he was truly the greatest. And, you know, I don't know him, but I'm still going to miss him. I think that's the only way I can really put it. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a huge part, I think, that of Ali and his legacy. The fact that he was... His, his reputation, his legacy transcends generations you know there's obviously like like Gigi here um, many many people that didn't really know Ali have read about it re- read about him and, and heard about him maybe seen some matches um, but the fact that 
his his legacy goes so far back, and the things that he did at the time. I mean, I can only imagine what it was like to follow Ali um, in his heyday when when he was uh, when he was fighting, um, and his uh, conversion to Islam, uh, his very outspokenness. Uh, if that's even a word, um, his, but his, his outspoken stance on, on things like the Vietnam War, um, politics, race in America, um, really is just, I, I don't know that you see people like that anymore. I mean, the closest that we get is a far distant second. Somebody like, I mean, the biggest names that we're talking about, you know, Rhonda, Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, they're not taking the, they're not taking the stances about social issues and politics and things going on, current events that Ali did, um, and that's a huge thing for that is is going to um, it's going to stand the test of time in terms of being a a bar to which other athletes, celebrities, actors, um, you know, actors, singers, whatever. Just a couple months ago, we were celebrating Prince and David Bowie and you know their loss. Um, it's, Ali, I, I think, outshadows that. Because of what he did throughout the world, you know, um, he was the guy that owned the world stage. The stage, yes, and you know, I think to add to that, I've heard it said, you know, the Beatles, how they were this phenomenon, and if you try to have the Beatles today, you can't, just because mm. the world is so much bigger and the way we access that. So to have the same kind of impact that the Beatles did, regardless of it's a band or an artist, and it's the same thing with I think Ali culturally. The way the world works, it's hard to have another figure quite like that in today's yeah. day and age, the way we communicate with technology and everything else that's happened since Ali did everything that he did. So I think that's part of it, and I think we all understand, you know, he was an ambassador for peace at a time when the world was very different, and he's helped influence the world the way it is today, mm. as far as being an ambassador for peace. I mean, especially in the fight game itself. I mean, you oh, look yeah. at how many guys, you know, the, you know, obviously in boxing as well, the Floyd, May, the Floyd Mayweather, but also in MMA, you know, the Chael Sonnen, the Conor McGregor, they all have something in common. The trash talking, right. and it's not just—it's not, it's not even just about like talking trash to your opponent. It's about making making a name for yourself, mm -hmm. being able to stand out. Because obviously, this is a business. Yes. You know, you, you have to sell tickets, you have to sell pay per views, you have to sell merchandise, you have to sell revenue—not so much merchandise, but um, <laughs> you know, like I said, you have to sell yourself. Right. And a lot of people, like I said, they all credit you know Muhammad Ali. True. Yeah. Dana White actually alluded to that the night before. They're like, you know what? At the time, people were kind of very boring in boxing back mm -hmm. in the day. Then Ali came in and he was doing his thing and it changed the game. And they, I don't know if they showed it on the pay-per-view at home, but I know in the arena there were several tributes to Ali throughout the night. And I thought that was pretty cool. They, they, they began the pay-per-view with a Muhammad Ali tribute. Yeah. Um, as well as I think the early prelims as well, and obviously a lot of you know memoriams during during the show. So yeah, you definitely saw it. You know, watching it at home. Um, I know me, me, myself, and Jay were at an RFA show that we were just promoting a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. and literally in the middle of the show, yeah, you know, we both got texts, we both got tweets. You know, the the person next to it, the person in front of us, you know, turning around. Oh my God, did you know? You know, I think it was just the fourth away. round of the main event, right? Wow. Yeah, just right, about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was just the about, end of the main event. And, and you can just kind of tell, like, people were still watching the, the, the show, and to be honest with you, um, you know, kudos to the guys that fought in RFA, but the main event was a little lackluster in some ways, let's be real. Hmm. But so, so you kind of saw a lot of people's attention and turn to the news that right. they just saw, you know, on right. their phones or their, their friend next to them, and, you know, just, you know, the somber, because he this guy did have such a good influence, the keyword is good influence, on mm -hmm. the world and especially the, the fight game. Yeah, yeah. Very funny and, and strange, too. I mean, when you talk about where were you when, you know, when you hear these uh, these uh, these news headlines. And, of course, there's, like I said, there's, there's Prince, David Bowie, uh, Michael Jackson. Um, who else? When Reagan was shot, for some of us older cats, rather, or <laughs> maybe uh, Lady Diana, uh, Prin um, Princess Diana. But um, at that moment when Ali... Uh, when Twitter blew up and it was announced that uh, Ali had died, uh, they ended the match. It was the main event. There was one more match to go in the, of the night. Actually, it's called the Swing Bout. Um, it was a dark match, so it was untelevised. And before that, the ring announcer actually got in the cage and announced Ali's death, and they, on the spot, did a 10-bell salute to Ali. Now, what was even more fascinating is at that time, of course, um, the RFA uh, is broadcast on Access TV, which does... A live, a live broadcast 
with whatever event that is, in this case, obviously, RFA at that moment. But then they pitch it immediately live to Inside MMA, which is shot in downtown L.A. And as the 10-bell salute was going on, there was a 10-bell salute and then quite a long pause, uh, silence for, for his memory. But the only thing that you could hear there, which was going on, and I think fairly so, was uh, Michael Chevalo and Pat Militich interview. Oh, no, was it uh, those guys or, uh, or is it um, Ron Kroc? That I'm not, I'm I think not it sure. might have been Ron Kruk, actually, interviewing Judo Jean LaBelle, who, of course, was a contemporary of Ali's. Uh, they go far back. Um, Jean LaBelle refereed uh, Ali versus Antonio Inoki, a very strange mixed boxer versus wrestler match that happened in 1976. And side note, we'll be talking about that uh, next week, or in two weeks, rather, um, with uh, Josh Gross, who's the author that wrote a, a book which is about to be released, whether timely or untimely, unfortunately. Um, about that match, but that was the one interview you could hear. That was it was the one sound you could hear in the whole uh, whole arena. Everyone else was silent, and of course, you know, it was it being a, an interview uh, discussing Ali's legacy. Uh, I think a lot of people understood it, but it was quite a surreal moment uh, again of where were you when, and that in this news in this this world now with this technology, we're able to do a ten bell salute for one of the greatest that ever lived. Um, right at that moment at a fight event so it's it's a nice uh, it was a nice tribute and it was great that it could happen so spontaneously like that you know yeah so it kind of bled into what happened yesterday UFC 189 like I said from Los Angeles you know our mm-hmm. I mean my hometown I know a lot of guys are from out of state or even out of the city but we all live here now mm-hmm. it's easy to get to you guys with the forum their first show at the forum I want to say ever because usually at the Staples Center or sometimes you have to go down to Anaheim the first uh, the first one at the new forum of mm-hmm. course I think it's technically might be the third or fourth um, MMA event to happen at the yeah. forum two events I know happened at the old one before it went through renovations mm-hmm. the first one believe it or not was uh, a show that I worked on the WFA mm-hmm. King of the Streets which was July 2006 uh, I want to say the 28th but I'm not quite sure um, that one was it was the very first one that happened at the forum and the IFL later came back and did a show there as well um, I don't know if there's been others since then but if so that would have been it would have been um, in the older uh, the older forum not the new renovated one which is really gorgeous by the way guys I couldn't believe it. Just walking around between 100 and 200 level, they carpeted the place. Did you notice that? I did, but I'm not going to lie. I was a little distracted. The The lines at the forum for <laughs> drinks so, yeah. and bathrooms, you know, it, it is a beautiful arena for right. fights. And what I like about it, and I know boxing's taking advantage of it, it's much smaller than the Staples Center. It's mm-hmm. a more intimate setting for mm-hmm. fights. However, you know, that you it was hard to outside. get around. It was hard to get around yeah. the forum, but definitely the atmosphere inside. I actually preferred it to the Staples Center mm. just because, you know what, everyone in there, you feel like you could actually hear the people talking at the other end of the arena. That was really cool. That's pretty cool. I mean, I, I definitely had a good seat from as well, you know, you know, at home. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, you either have way. a line for the bathroom uh, at your house, did <laughs> you? You uh, got the commentary <laughs> that we didn't get. <laughs> um, but uh, so we were last here for UFC 198. Yep. So we were, you know, about to preview 199. Then a couple days later, we found out that Chris Weinman, the original contender for the challenge for the championship, you know, got hurt. Enter mm-hmm. Michael Bisping. So we haven't even we haven't even been able to talk about you know that. But here we are, a day later, Michael Bisping, brand new UFC middleweight championship. I mean, so much to talk about. I mean, personally, not a big fan of the guy at first, a while ago. I want to hear what your guys' thoughts first as far as was. I mean, obviously, he was maybe he wasn't the right person to, to fill in the slot, but he was mostly mostly the only person to fill that yes. slot. I don't think you could say he's not the right person to fill in the slot, given what well, he did. Well, yeah. Well, at the time, be, no. before, before before one ninety before one ninety nine, we right. all thought, well, he only got it. I mean, everybody yeah. said he only got it because Jacare was hurt. Jacare is still hurt. Yeah. Surgery. Yeah. 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 So, 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 with that said, obviously, maybe he was the right guy. And so, what are you guys' thoughts? I mean, going back, like, like I said, ten years ago, hated Bisbing. <laughs> D- different, different, a little bit different now. But I want to hear what you guys think first. When you have a finish like that, there's no way of questioning whether it was right or wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was history in the making as well. Um, First British born. Uh, First British born for the UFC. I mean, mm-hmm. let's not forget Liam McGeary in the oh, in, yeah. in Bellator. Yeah, I know <laughs> everyone. Goes, I think yeah. only the third Ultimate but Fighter winner. Fourth. 
Fourth? Well, it would be Rashad. Oh, yeah, Matt, Sarah. And I guess you can count Carla Esparza. Okay, that one's a... I mean, she won a title. She's an ultimate fighter winner. Okay, that counts. You can say fifth. Um, but yeah, he was season uh, three, two or three. Yeah, one of those. When you have, like, I think, four, I think three because they're in like two. season twenty-two right now. So that's just about yeah. 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 Um, you know, I think I was the only guy many years ago when he fought Dan Henderson to say I'm picking Bisping, <laughs> and you know, when I look back at it, I've had the opportunity to meet him before and talk with him. He's one of the nicest guys that you'll actually meet in person, and I did remember saying to him, you know. You do a great job, man. Why do you think... How can they hate on you? And he was... He had the most uh, just eloquent answers. Like, you know, I understand that it just comes with my job. Mm -hmm. So when, you know, people say that, you know, I was like... He all... He's been over and done with that for more years than people can imagine. And what I like, I felt it was beautiful symmetry. We, uh, everyone likes to replay the knockout by Dan Henderson. You know, it's going to live forever on highlight reels. But on the night when Henderson, I didn't know if it came through, but he had the biggest ovation that night in the arena. Even with Dominic Cruz, mm -hmm. Luke Rockhold before the fight, he got the hero's ovation before he even won. Bisping is the one now, he has his career-defining moment that kind of supersedes that. Yeah, that highlight's going to live on, mm -hmm. but that's not going to be what, hey, that's all Michael Bisping was at the end of his career. And I really like that, especially on that night. Mm -hmm. I've never had a problem with Bisping's <laughs> dry humor. I think a lot of people can't get past that there's a, a cultural difference in the British dry humor. It's mostly the cross-eyed thing. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of strange. But years, yeah. You can't hold something physical against a yeah, person. Yeah, no. It was a joke. Um, yeah, I, I think this obviously is, is a high-water mark for Bisping's career. It'll probably be the defining moment, um, even more so than beating Anderson. Um, I, I think yeah. they'll probably go hand-in-hand hand as you know number one and number two. Mm -hmm. um, and it's... God damn it, I gotta start listening to my gut. I had a sneaking suspicion. There was no reason whatsoever, rationally, for me to think that Bisping was gonna win. But after watching a couple of promo pieces and, and interviews a few days before, there was something in my gut that said, yeah, this might be the night for an upset. See, with, with Don't me, you know I didn't get on and, and do any online gambling or any register anywhere, DraftKings.com. And it's funny because, like, buzz. My, yes. <laughs> at, first, at first, my hatred or dislike, not hatred, but dislike for Bisming came after the Matt Hamill fight. He was just so cocky during mm. a, a fight that I'm like, dude, you didn't, you shouldn't have won that fight. I thought yeah, he did. That one is I thought that was a robbery. Yeah, yeah and so I was like, dude, like, dude, shut up. What a prick. You know what I mean? And then, and then so, honestly, my, my dislike for him lessened. Once, uh, once my dislike for Josh Koscheck grew, mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, that's a prick. That, now, that's a prick that, that unfairly gets compared to Michael Bisping. And, you know, obviously, throughout the years, you know, especially as a panelist on, on the Fox, you know, on the Fox panel, they are, mm -hmm. you know, he, he offers, he does offer a lot of good insight. And kind of, sure. I grew to like him a little bit more, you know, just like this. But just kind of like seeing him get the title shot, I'm like, all right, good. So at least he's going to get it because he's finally going to shut up about it. You know, he's been hmm. bitching about for years about, oh, where's my title shot? And I'm always like, well, beat someone then. Obviously, he beat Anderson Silva. So, you know, kudos to him. And rightfully so. I think he should have been in line at some point. Obviously, Chris Weinman, you know, who, who knows who would have been after that. It sounds like you don't think that he was necessarily ready for it. He didn't deserve it. Despite the, the 10 years of, uh, granted, trial and error mm -hmm. at, at the very top, you know, when his title shots were I didn't on think, the line. I didn't think he deserved it before Anderson Silva. Because mm -hmm. all I ever said, all I ever said about Bisming was mm -hmm. beat a former champion or at least a guy who's fought for the belt. Mm -hmm. That's all I asked of him. But, and anytime, but every time he did that... Or every time he fought somebody, he always lost. He lost, he lost against yeah. Son and Rashad. Yeah. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. You know, a lot, a lot of those guys. And I'm like, dude, just beat or Rockhold previously. Beat one of those guys, and I'm good. He beat Silva, so I was like, you know what? To be fair, yeah, maybe he should be uh, one of the guys considered for a title shot. Um, so he got one. I'm like, cool. Now he's gonna shut up. But now it's like, especially after yesterday, and I, I said it. This is the way I said it. I, I it, he did things the right way. You know what I mean? He never, he's never been caught with anything. Mm -hmm. He's never been... He, he just plays the fight game. Let's be, let's be real. Like, yeah, he plays right. the fight game. As you said, very humble, very nice. Like, obviously, yeah. like I said, he does offer a lot of good insight on, on the show. kind of says a lot about him. Mm -hmm. And so after he saw it, I'm like, yeah, that, rightfully so. I, I'm very, very happy for him, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm happy that he was humble yeah. at the end. I, you know, we'll get into a little bit more about the still the, the bad blood with Rockhold. I thought Rockhold came off really bad. 
during the fight and post fight as well. Yes. Right. I um, saw those clips. Actually, yeah. What, what did you guys think about that? I mean, do you think? Well, I mean, in the same token that we're talking, by the same token, we're talking about Bisping playing a certain character and knowing when to be on. How mm-hmm. do we know that that's not Rockhold doing the exact same thing? That's he true. lost, and uh, a lot of the times we see fighters be gracious in mm-hmm. uh, in defeat, and that's great to know that they have that humility. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, doesn't it also keep the conversation going? Yes, it does, clearly. When you've got a guy who's bitter and pissed off about it, and God knows he probably surely is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in his true genuine self, um, but he's keeping the conversation going, and God knows, like that's that beef, the heat between them. Of course, we're going to see a third match. Mm-hmm. Now it's one-one. No reason not to book a third match. Mm-hmm. When? Um, I don't want it immediately. Yeah, I gotta agreed. say that. You know, I'd rather. I think Rockhold. He's. I wouldn't mind seeing him. If the timetable is right, Romero maybe. Mm-hmm. And then Bisping, you know what? He's the champ now. Fight the next guy in line with Jacare. Mm-hmm. Let's see where they're at after that. Mm-hmm. But definitely, um, you know, you don't want to see that kind of poor sportsmanship, at least right after the fight. Because there yeah. comes a time it's like, you know what? The fight's over. Like, period. The fight's over. You mm-hmm. know, hey, it's done. They don't, like, even your eye favorite Dominic Cruz. It's over, man. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't. They're not about to go jawing at it in the cage anymore. It's over. So that kind of, I mean, it turned me off a bit from Rockhold. Mm-hmm. But then again, you know, I'll give Jay that credit. It sells that fight. I think yet, we're seeing a lot of these things happen coincidentally when the camera's on. Yes, that is true. You know, and mind you, you know, Rockhold, similar to Verdum, he is very pissed off with himself. He was overextending on that jab. He alluded to that after the fight and. You got to give Bisping the credit, though. Two weeks' notice, he found his mark with his punches. That is not cheating. That is just good fighting. Like I said, I think he did yeah. things. I mean, the, the, his path toward that championship, I mean, probably maybe the most difficult. I mean, how many fights has he been in since, since I he, think he's, he started? 26 he's got like the, or something like that? Yes, the 26th fight. Mm. He's had, he has like something, most wins, something in the middleweight division. Something like that, yeah. Not necessarily Ten that he's years. been on the longest win streak, but he's just been there that long that he's won that many. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to give it up here right quick. We didn't introduce the guys in the chat room. We got a little bit of stuff going on here. Of course, Chief, uh, Chief Cornerman Joe Boza is here. Uh, also, Chris Mingi. I hope I didn't put your name there. Sorry, bro. And, oh, we have uh, Jay Tan in the chat as well. Jay Tan is in the chat room. Jay Tan, but that not Jay Tan 716. Okay. Not 716, so there's a difference there. Uh, Jerry Law also has got a good one. Quote, Luke, I am your father, end quote. That was on Instagram, too. It was really was it? funny. All yeah. right, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if... onto Vader. Okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, Joe Bose was switching uh, topics here slightly. Uh, he says, Dominic needed the judges for a 15th time he ain't done with Team Alpha Male. Number seven, Cody Garbrandt, is claiming for a fight with number four, Brian Caraway, at UFC 203. Uh, and he answers your question. He tied, uh, Bisping, that is. He tied GSP for most wins in the UFC with 19. He is 15 and six as a middleweight. There you go. Um, so <laughs> and I don't, th- oh, I got, I got the name right. Thank you, Chris. Good stuff. <laughs> um, I don't think uh, so. Garibrand and and Brian Caraway, you know, next guys up for uh, a shot at the featherweight belt. I don't think that that match is going to happen right away. Caraway, I had read Caraway had denied uh, Cody. Caraway is is clamoring for a title shot himself directly. Yeah, he's crazy. Yeah, um, he's just not right there in line. Sorry, but I mean, I think yeah, number four. Yeah, well, there's something to be said for that. Well, TJ okay, against yeah. Sun Tzu. Yeah, t- yeah, he, yeah, he's got to get by those guys. Didn't TJ beat Caraway? Or no, Sun Tzu beat him. Uh, but uh, I mean, you got Ryan Caraway right below, uh, right below a Sun yeah. It's TJ, Uriah Faber, Rafael Sun and Brian Caraway. So there's yeah. something to be said if if Caraway and the Sun both end up being unable to to fight in the next cycle after that, yeah. then yeah, you're gonna be looking at Caraway. So yeah. I think the Sun is getting by TJ. Um, I don't know. It's um, right now. My gut says TJ. Uh, I feel like you know the fight with Cruz aside. Cruz is just a very special fighter. We saw that last night. You know, with his, he was just dominant against Uriah Faber after that second round. Mm-hmm. Uriah wasn't the same after getting dropped. Even the first round. Uh, the first round, I 
He I did scored win. it for Faber. I did too at first, but watching it on the replay, mm-hmm. uh, I can see very easily how. Real quick, it. just going off the next fight, I say sure. Luke Rockhold fights Aaron Silva, but uh, yeah, oh, Dominic Cruz versus uh, Uriah Faber. Um, like, like like you said, I did I did score it for the first. I mean, I, did, I only watched it once. I'm like, I thought that was one of those rounds that could have gone mm-hmm. either way. Obviously, one of the judges did score it for 49-46. Yeah. I find it hard to believe anyone scoring Uriah in favor for the last four rounds. Yeah, no, no, no. It was. It would have been the first round. Cool. I, I, I'm it, guessing it was a shutout. The last four. I yeah. actually give Cruz the first, just because even when Faber did have a good position, like when he got the um, the big takedown where mm-hmm. he got him in the air, Cruz flipped him and got mm-hmm. top position immediately. So yeah. you know, as many points as Faber would have got on that move, Cruz just uh, one upped him, and he was just on his game that night, more dominant than their second fight, which was very close, and I actually thought that's how this one was going to go. But Cruz just proved, even after that long layoff, that he's still at a very high level. And Faber, I hate to say, but, you know, he hasn't gotten younger since the second fight with Cruz, and mm-hmm. I think we kind of just saw a little bit not as fast as he might have been years prior in that kind of fight. Well, the match needed to happen, though, to close out a trilogy mm-hmm. that they've been working on for almost well, 10 almost, years now. Yeah. Or even this third fight, over four years. Right. This fight yeah. was supposed to happen, yeah. I believe, July 2012. Right, right. Before Cruz. He was, so yeah. even, if we saw, even if this was the result that it was, and I think very few people predicted otherwise, um, you know, it, it had to happen, and... Uriah didn't show, didn't have a performance that says he's done. Um, he can still fight. I think he's still got a lot of fights left in him. It just him depends if he what he wants to, to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it is ironic uh, and interesting that uh, he and also Dan Henderson spoke about at least announcing, I'm going to take it, I'm, I'm going to take some time off and, and reconsider. Mm-hmm. Um, that may be the last match we saw of uh, Dan Henderson. Probably not of Uriah, but yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. A possibility. But I do think that this was probably Dominic Cruz's like finest hour. I mean, the guy looked it, nearly flawless. I mean, obviously he's one of those I think he's statistically one of the least hit yeah. um one of the least hit fighters mm-hmm. ever. Yes. Which one I saw a meme that said CM Punk under that said Nope. <laughs> um, but yeah, that Dom- is very true. <laughs> Dominic Cruz, I mean, his style is just so unique. Like, you see him, like, you know, one stance, another stance, another stance, like, oh my God, like, mm-hmm. no wonder this guy isn't so, isn't, isn't hard to hit. Hey, but, a but, little like Ali in that way, too. Exactly. Like, I yeah, give lot, that credit tonight. I mean, probably the great, one of the greatest footwork in MMA, Dominic Cruz. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I mean, you had somebody like Faber, like, oh, well, you know, he was all over the place. Well, that's his style. Yeah. It, it, it's not about beating, it's not about being, I mean, it's about being the better fighter, but how? By, by you know, overcapitalizing on the other person's style or, or their mistakes or whatnot. I didn't see really any mistakes in Dominic Cruz's game. Yeah, and I got to give him credit. You know, when you see a guy like Dominic Cruz, he obviously has the length and reach advantage. Mm-hmm. Just how often that he really allowed Faber to go in and then counter. You got to think, Faber, he's got to get in really close to Faber when he's countering punches rather than picking him apart from the outside. And the fact that he was able to do that so consistently throughout the five rounds, I think you got to give him... People don't realize just how brilliant that is. It's not a guy keeping Faber at the end of the jab. He was letting Faber throw those punches and then really capitalizing when Faber's feet were planted. That's just Mm -hmm. brilliant MMA. And I think you really got to be a big fan of the sport, watch it a long time to realize those kind of nuances. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's always been known for his in and out, fast footwork, and I'll say sneaky style. Um, And... You know, it's uh, we're we're seeing another heyday. Those those four years off, or moderate four years off, aside from the two matches, could have really been uh, a great boon for the longevity of his career, mm-hmm. because he is now uh, sharper, smarter in terms of uh, being a fighter, um, and has uh, has more uh, is is farther down the line age wise. So he's not going to age as as harshly or as fast. Uh, as many other fighters who mm-hmm. would have had a longer, uh, many more matches during those four years. Um, Joe Boza puts out a, a good, uh, interesting question here. Does Uriah need to go up to 145 full-time? I'd say no. You know, yeah. we saw against Frankie Edgar, even a smaller featherweight, that he didn't really have that size advantage. The fact is, compared to when Uriah was the 145 champion WEC, the guys have just gotten a lot bigger at featherweight when you look at guys like Aldo McGregor. So I'd say next for Faber, if he does choose to stay around, I mean, 
I still wouldn't mind seeing TJ in favor if he loses to a Sun Sao. Mm-hmm. That's still a fun storyline. Mm-hmm. If not, you got the a new guy, Aljamain Sterling, young guy, just lost to Caraway. If we're looking at building favor or building Sterling since yeah. then, but I I wouldn't say a move to 45. I think he just yeah. gives up even more advantages at that weight. I don't think that, yeah, I agree. I don't think that the uh, uh, the size is the issue. Now, he did yeah. start out his career at 45 mm-hmm. and fought and was king of the cage champion for quite a while yeah. before he got signed uh, to Obviously, the UFC. WEC via, uh, yeah, yeah, WEC via the, the uh, WFA, I might add. Hat behind my back. Um, but uh, I, I think that he's comfortable enough uh, where he is, or, or so it seems. You know, it, it wasn't that he had a shit performance last night. It's that Dominic Cruz is Dominic Cruz. It's true. And, you know, that that's a thing. And he's had, he's had pretty good fare uh, against guys at 35 leading up to this, to this match, you know. I mean, something also to kind of consider to me, who, maybe who's next in line for Dominic Cruz, either TJ versus a Sun Sal, maybe number one contendership. I know TJ lost in a split decision, mm-hmm. so that fight could have really gone either way. I think I had scored, I scored it for Dominic Cruz anyways for, for on, on his last fight. Mm-hmm. But I, mean, I know we didn't cover it last week, but Cordy Garbrandt, I was super impressed by just how he completely, not accidentally rocked, not he got a lucky shot in, he dominated Thomas Almeida. Mm-hmm. I was not surprised. That boy. I, w- I was very surprised on just how how great Cordy Garbrandt looked. That's not the Dem- Thomas Almeida that we've been seeing. Yeah, leading yeah. up this whole time. Um, yeah, it's we've got a new guy. Uh, it can be a combination of maybe about maybe Almeida not being the guy, but maybe Cody is really that good. I mean, the, the guy wasn't even ranked before mm-hmm. before his fight last week. Mm-hmm. Now it's one of those guys where like, hey, he's a lot better than you know, just kind of you know. Slipping in, and also um, being in the arena. Anytime they showed Cody, he was also doing signings outside. He had a big, big following. You know, mm-hmm. this isn't just a random guy. Like, oh, we recognize him from last week. No, the fans are really getting behind Garbrandt, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, he has that little bit of the his personal life has kind of gotten in the way with Paige Van Zant. Mm-hmm. You know, that's probably one of the storylines about him that superseded you know his rise into the top ten. But, you know, he's a guy that a lot of fans are recognizing, and I wouldn't be surprised that that hype now, mm-hmm. that he's won a main event, does escalate him to a title shot maybe next year. We'll see. Should be interesting to, to follow. Joe yeah. Boza says, Don needs the judges. Uriah need, needed the finish. <laughs> Somebody who has been equally as impressive is Max Holloway. Mm-hmm. He fought Ricardo Lamas yesterday. And Ricardo Lamas is no joke. That's a guy who's obviously, you know, had his time. You know, obviously did have a title shot against Jose Aldo. Yeah. But Max Holloway, man... I mean, obviously, his last his last loss was against Conor McGregor, I want to say three years ago, four years yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. And I feel like whatever holes he had, not only did he fill those holes, but he's, he's also created holes for his opponents. That guy just looks flawless to me. Do you guys do you guys see the same thing that I see? Yeah, the, he was fine in the match. I mean, there was no question about uh, about the score. Um, and he had uh, he had Ricardo's number. Um, Ricardo was a guy that the. Uh, you know, they kind of uh, had a lot of promise um, only a few years ago, but I, I think we may have seen uh, seen his peak. I think he's at a point where he needs to reinvent himself mm-hmm. uh, in terms of uh, fight technique and, uh, and style. Um, but Max Holloway is, uh, is absolutely the real deal. Tough kid, takes shots and, and gives them, you know. Uh, like you said, you know, with McGregor, you got to give McGregor a bit of credit too, you know. There's no guarantee, not saying that this is our next fight, but there's no guarantee that, you know, this version of Max could necessarily, you know, keep up with McGregor. Just That's just the kind of guy he is. But definitely, he's grown so much as a fighter. Take into account, he was still maybe the youngest guy in the UFC roster when he fought Conor. So I think you almost got to... I hate. To, I don't want to say toss it out, but you got to understand, it's a completely new fighter. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing him maybe against a Chad Mendes maybe to see what's next i think that would honestly, be a good test honestly i think he's ready i think he should face the yeah. winner first off i i still think that we'll talk about it a little bit later but i still think conor mcgregor is never gonna fight at 145 ever again you're probably uh, right but i, I gotta I, say I, we've seen you know aldo and edgar they're probably the primary victims of the log jam of mm-hmm. mcgregor not being I think, there i think holloway's next he uh, should be next officially holloway now this is another guy if 
he's being so affected. Like, now he's got to wait possibly, what, how long? Even if he were the next guy in line, because obviously Aldo Edgar got to get that out of the way. Possibly get it out of the way with Connor. Mm -hmm. Then it would be Max's turn. That's just too much drama. You know, the division has to move on, not just with an interim title anymore, in my opinion. I don't think you're, uh, George is right. I don't think you're going to see um, McGregor back. I think the interim title is just simply going to be announced as the UFC featherweight title. And And that champion, then uh, you you put in Holloway. I mean, that that takes McGregor out of the equation altogether. And so, you know, Holloway, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a title shot by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Or the fall. And I think, you know, what I worry about then, you know, does obviously get into more of the politics of MMA, but does it water down the value of 145? Because you feel like the guys might be competing for second place because it's like, well, they didn't find McGregor. So no, it does that, hurt it. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's going to happen anyway. That's maybe a conversation for our UFC 200 show, mm-hmm. but it is something you got to address that, you know, Aldo, Edgar, or Max deserves the credit of being undisputed, you know, if they're the ones still fighting at this weight class against the top guys. I will say this. If there's anybody out there that who is not a Max Holloway fan, mm-hmm. especially, I want to hear what your guys' thoughts coming from the live perspective, especially those last 10 seconds of that fight. Oh, where, they went back shit for Where that. clearly, oh, yeah. clearly Holloway was winning the fight no matter what. Mm-hmm. But he said, you know what? Last 10 seconds. Let's just go all out. Yeah. Balls mm-hmm. to the wall. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is amazing. How did, I, maybe you guys saw, maybe, I don't know if you guys saw this fight, but I thought that was fight of the night. The I, the the first one ended up winning, um, was it uh, Marco uh, Polo Reyes and Dong Hyun Kim. Kim. Maestro, not stun gun. Maestro. Everyone is mixing that up, yeah. including SureDog and the UFC uh, website well, roster. The, he's Korean and the exact same name. Yeah, same name, and I believe same. Uh, also, uh, welterweight. No, uh, I think it, that was stun gun. Stun gun's welterweight, welterweight, and but yeah, Dong Hyun King Maestro came in as a welterweight. Now he's fighting lightweight. Um, but that ended up winning fight of the night, and that one absolutely deserved it. But yes, to your point, um, this one was the, the crowd popped crazy for this mm-hmm. for this yeah. match, and especially those t- last ten seconds. Oh my um, god! Yeah, they Max Holloway uh, Holloway earned. A lot of fans in the Southland here. That's a fight that I'll be watching. <laughs> I got held up by the Cody Garbrandt line, you know, the, trying to get in the arena. <laughs> so I missed the first fight. I did watch it back. It was fun. But I think, um, it, okay, well-deserved fight of the night when you watch it back. But mm-hmm. that's, you know, Max Holloway, Ricardo Lamas, that would have won fight of the night any other night. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, and, and, it's just that kind of situation. And I'm sure we've seen it many, many times before. I'm sure Dana White. It's not just about the actual performance itself. It's about yeah. you know maybe an extra kickback. And we've seen Dana White plenty of times give more money than, than mm-hmm. to guys who perform. Oh, yeah. Uh, they got but, a nice extra check. But another thing that I'm sure, and you guys already said it, that people went crazy for was the finish of the next fight. Uh, going back to middleweight, I mean, both of the guys, I mean, obviously Dan Henderson and Hector Lombard have fought in multiple divisions. Going, mm-hmm. Dan Henderson even going up to heavyweight to defeat Fedor Lemelianenko. Um, but this was a fight, quite possibly, probably my contender, a f- knockout of the year. Oh, yeah. It was that great. And, and, yes. and I... I want to hear what you guys thought, right? I mean, you guys were there. Um, you know, I was watching it live, and I, I was, you know, being where I was, I was able to replay it over and over again. I mean, what, what did you guys think? It was a standing ovation for Dan Henderson from the moment his music started playing until even when he was getting knocked down and out, people were still just trying to, you know, cheer him on to mm-hmm. a victory, and it freaking worked. You know, that place. They had a loud ovation, like I said earlier, for Dan Henderson than they did any other person on the card, even more than two current UFC champions mm-hmm. and a fan favorite like Uriah Faber. They cared more about Dan Henderson. The fans knew that this could be it, and they they treated it like that. It was nuts in there during the whole fight. Even I'm when sure. He was losing. I'm sure there's a good amount for you know in his camp. You know, not just in his fight camp, but. Born in Downey, then was he live in Temecula, mm-hmm. went to Cal State Fullerton, I'm sure there were a lot of Dan yeah. Anderson directly direct supporters from his side. Um, but yeah, I mean talk talk about that knockout. Uh there were two moments, I think. Yeah, two in this Well, he this almost song. got knocked out himself. Mm-hmm. I don't look, I I don't stand up in, in yeah. matches at all. <laughs> although this this year, strangely enough, um, it's become a thing. I stood up when Ronda got knocked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stood up when Nate choked out uh, Connor. Um, and, and this was the other night of the four times this year that I can think that I've stood up. Um, Henderson knocking out 
Hector in 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 that way mm. was was mind blowing. Came out of nowhere, Hector catching the kick, and then to be able to knock somebody out with a short backhand elbow, and the way that Hector dropped the match was. Pardon the pun, guys. Jaw dropping, <laughs> uh, literally and figuratively. But but yes, that first round was for as exciting as the finish was. That first round um, had people going batshit as well. Um, it was back and forth. Yes, Henderson almost uh, got dropped and and came close to getting finished uh, a couple of times. It was really close. I wouldn't be surprised. It wasn't a dominant. Uh, performance all the way through by Hector, but given how much Hector was taking it to Dan Henderson, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if some judges scored it a 10-8. I mean, he was I really he dropped finishing. Twice in the first. He f- was close to finishing Henderson so many yeah. times, and it's a testament to what Henderson can do and and how tough he is that at that age he can take shots by a very healthy, not sucked in. Uh, Hector Lombard. I mean, yeah. the guy Hector fought a lot at 170, back up to 185, where he's just a, yeah. pardon me, but a brick shit house. You cannot knock that guy down. You know, except it, unless you got a a short elbow, backhand elbow. Pardon what's me. What's weird of course. about Hector? You know, he's really short for middleweight, but then he's so built that it drains him too much to go to welterweight. But to his credit, you know, when I'm watching that fight with Henderson. When was the last time you ever saw Henderson land a head kick on anybody? Well, that too, yeah. To set the... I mean, obviously the elbow, you know, was... We talk about 12 to 6 in MMA because of the rules, but that was a 3 to 9, essentially. Hmm. You don't see too many of those, but Henderson just pulled out, I guess, uh, something we've never seen out of him for his possibly his last fight. That was uh, pretty amazing. That's what I thought. It's like, you're telling me he picks now to pull that out of his arsenal? You know, that could have won him a few more fights and, you know, lately, but I was just impressed that, you know, he came back to win it. I had Hector going into this fight. I thought Henderson has been a little mm-hmm. more suspect to the big shot, but he got the job done. And you know what? I want to see, uh, I know we got a lot to talk about, but I got to say, I want that to be the end. I don't think he's got anything else to prove. Mm-hmm. I don't see him getting back into the top 10, even so what for at this mm-hmm. point he's not getting that title shot past the jacare i say uh hollywood ending you know in la for dan henderson after that one do you agree jay it'd be nice the right way to go out i mean it's so rare that you see people go out uh on that kind of high yeah I, um it, it's like kobe dropping I, 60 yeah i wouldn't uh, i wouldn't be mad at that and if he did retire then what a career he's had i yeah. mean this guy has been around for a while i think he's 45 years old yeah. like i mentioned before victories over fedor milenenko you know match of the one probably match of the decade fight of this decade Stop against Shogun. Really silva yeah no? yeah pride yeah um and of course just the way he ended it here i mean double double champion in pride i mean goodness gracious i mean if anybody deserves a hall of fame it's this guy yeah I mean, especially, I, I think Sam Alvey said it a few weeks ago, or in his opinion, he says that it's hard to pick, you know, a pound-for-pound pound fighter who hasn't fought in multiple divisions. With that said, Dan Henderson, probably one of the best pound-for-pound pound fighters of all time. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's, it's hard. Welterweight champion, which is middleweight, mm-hmm. and uh, light heavyweight, well, what we would think of as light heavyweight uh, Grand Prix champion, but mm-hmm. uh, that was middleweight. When he beat uh, Anderson Silva. And I hope, I hope, I hope at some point he gets into the Hall of Fame. Which, speaking of which, congrats mm-hmm. to Don Fry, yep. former AfterBuzz TV guest about two years ago. So mm-hmm. kudos to him for uh, getting inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. And shout out, while we're talking about legends, I don't know who this is, but Bruce Lee has joined the uh, the chat room here uh, on the YouTube page. Um, five hits to the chin on anyone. It's over. <laughs> Rockhold thought he was all lowering his... Ali. I thought he was Ali lowering his guard. Bruce, I'm glad that you're watching MMA <laughs> these days. Fantastic. I hope the reception is good wherever you are. Um, I mean, we're going to try to wrap up the UFC 99 because we have a couple more things to talk about. But Poirier Green, I'm a big Poirier fan. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, I think it was more Bobby Green just tr- yeah. being a cocky prick. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm not going to complain against Poirier winning. You, you got if you are lucky enough to survive to round no to survive the first flurry, you do not do that anymore. You go to Plan B. <laughs> You That's go true. to plan B. It didn't work. You didn't throw him off. You got hurt. 
Mm-hmm. You don't keep going. Now, now, Jay, real quick, I know you like to do this usually. If you want to just run down the rest of the card, and then we're going to get into some some news that we've heard in the last 24 hours. Oh, oh yeah. Let's talk about that. Could do a whole show uh, about that. Coming from the uh, beginning of the show here, again, Marco Polo Reyes uh, and Dong Hyung Kim Maestro, not Stun Gun. Uh, Polo Reyes ends the match uh, in the third round with a KO. That one got Fight of the Night honors and really is worth going out of your way to, to check in on... Uh, UFC fight pass. Uh, at middleweight, Kevin Casey and Elvis Mustapchik. A split draw, which uh, actually was... Uh, yeah, it was it was announced as a majority draw, but it was a split draw, uh, which I didn't agree with. I thought Kevin Casey did enough in the first and second rounds. Light heavyweight, Luis Enrique Da Silva defeated Jonathan Wilson by TKO in the second. Sean Strickland at, heavy, at uh, welterweight. He was the... Uh, um, main event for the fight pass uh, portion defeated Tom Breeze by split decision um, in the Fox One card uh, the prelims Alex Caceres a uh, former uh, opponent for Uriah Faber uh, it was a featherweight match he defeated Cole Miller by unanimous decision stepped really, in for BJ Penn yeah really good, good. Yeah, for a guy yeah, like in, that in BJ Penn versus Dennis Seaver, we got Alex Caceres versus Cole Miller. Although, again, to Alex's credit, uh, really great performance against a very tough guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, women's straw rate, Jessica Andrade defeated Jessica Penne by TKO in the second. Pretty much like standing standing TKO with punches to the face. At lightweight, Benil Dariush, just uh, from down the street, Kings MMA, uh, defeated James Vick with a KO in the first. Uh, Brian Ortega then followed up with a KO of his own in third round against Clay Guida. Another fantastic back and forth battle. That was great. Mm-hmm. After Buzz uh, uh, alumni, Brian Ortega. That's right. Yep. Oh, nice. We had uh, two, uh, no, three After Buzz alumni uh, come out with finishes. Come mm-hmm. to think of it, this uh, Brian Ortega, Tommy uh, Tommy Aaron, and Christos uh, Giat. Christos Yagos. Yagos. So you Sorry. hear that, fighters? Come to After Buzz TV. You get exactly. a knockout in your favor in the future. Yes, Alan, Alan Jermaine, get back to me. In the middle, in the middle of the UFC 199, um, I, I'm sure it did, I'm sure it got played in the. Oh yeah. And so we see this commercial for UFC 200, and we're all thinking, oh, okay, cool, you know, nice obviously they, you know, John Jones, Cormier, whatever, whatever, they promote it. Hey, you wait, see the- Ariel Hawani on MMA Fighting is saying the Brock Lesnar is going to come back for UFC 200. Wait, what? Well, I'm sorry. Did I cut you off? So you see Pre- the, the graphic. Blew the surprise. You see the graphic of. I'm sure everybody that anybody's watching us and thank you for listening. Thank you for watching YouTube, thank uh, you. iTunes, SoundCloud. I'm not done yet, so don't write me up. <laughs> uh, so you see the graphic for the card of the USC 200, and then you hear the. What do you say? Can you hear me now? Mm-hmm. And you see Brock Lesnar. Right. Live. How was that? You know what? It was uh, definitely interesting because you had a lot of people like it, it shocked everybody. Uh-huh. We all, nobody in the house knew. At least in my section, I know. I guess Jay's section was bored because they were watching their phone for Ariel Helwani. By the way, free Ariel Helwani. <laughs> but honestly, everyone in my section, we were just like, "Whoa!" I we were shocked, and that was a crazy surprise. I don't know what I was looking at at the time. I remember watching the commercial and Bruce Buffer looking right at the camera. It's a nice close-up of It's time! And I think I probably looked at uh, my friend that I was with at the time and just continued the conversation and didn't hear this, hear me now, hear me now. I was like, what, somebody on the phone or something? I missed it completely. Had no idea. And then... Uh, two other friends I was sitting with, they said, was that Brock Lesnar in the video? I was like, no, of course not. What the hell was Brock Lesnar? <laughs> no, that was 100% Brock Lesnar. By that point, I didn't care. I was but, like, okay, whatever. And then come to find out all of this afterwards, that Brock Lesnar is coming back for UFC 200, hopefully, uh, with an opponent. I mean, it really still... De- I, I think mean, they, I think they said they were going to find announce something What's tomorrow. That? I think they were said they were going to announce something Sports tomorrow. Center. On He's going to Sports Center. Okay, sure. There's probably um, somebody lined up. I mean, now this is a big deal because just you know about a, over a year ago, and you know, obviously the big uh, Brock Lesnar going into WrestleMania, he was going to be a free agent. You know, choosing between WWE and UFC, yeah. Yeah. stuck with WWE, and you don't really see current contracted WWE talent, right. you know, compete in real in real sports. That makes me think it's going to be a one-off. And to be honest... WWE I, says it is. They announced it, it as a one-off. It, it should be that way. Because he, he's even still uh, okay. uh, getting, well. getting um, what's the word I'm looking for, promoted yeah. for their SummerSlam event in August. Yeah. yeah, like I said, it should be... He's not... He should not be getting anyone in the top 15. I hope they give him someone... I think they're going to give him Mark Hunt. 
Oh, that's, what, that's what, a what did Brock Lesnar do to no. you, George? Chris Mingy is asking, would anyone want to see Brock versus Mir at 200? No. no. I'll pass on that. I mean, I, mean I the only Not. reason why I think it'd be neat, but aside from that, yeah. no. Because, you know, 100 and 200 having the same opponents. Right. But other than that, no. We yeah. gotta, sadly, we got to get things out of the way. Like Aldo, not Aldo, um, like Diaz McGregor happening, I'm ready to just get that out I'm of the way. I'm over that one, too. I mean, when yeah. they announced it, um, they announced that, too, for UFC 202 on August 20th. I'm like, eh. Let's get it out of the way already. I hope it's a fun show, but you know what? That's here's, it. Here's what I find fascinating. Hey, and and, and this, still at Walter Wade. Here's yeah. what I find fascinating is that the story about Ariel Hawani, Esther Lin, and Casey Layden, his uh, photographer and videographers for MMA fighting, getting booted out of uh, the arena, uh, presumably for for covering, for breaking the news about Brock Lesnar. That's only interesting if After Buzz TV can no. replace them. No, I'll tell you mm-hmm. what. It's hitting on the Washington Post, the New York Times, uh, 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 the AP. It's getting covered. It's getting national coverage, and it's actually... Uh, I think overshadowing a lot of the big headlines that came out. It, that, to me, that's a bigger story than Brock Lesnar. I really don't care about Brock Lesnar coming back for 200. Great, whatever. But the fact that we are seeing this same problem, uh, this trend with the, the UFC, um, for lack of a better phrase, being petty about, uh, about what gets reported on the timeline that they want. As I understand it, um, the, the problem was that uh, the Ariel had, uh, had broken... Uh, news first and had not contacted the UFC, had not reached out to them for comment. Now, news is news, and if you've got uh, a news story and you've got multiple sources, you can report it. There's nothing saying that you you shouldn't report it. Um, and clearly, it was factually correct because the UFC announced it. So it's not like he was throwing up a false headline. Um, the fact that this is is getting the news that it that it is getting. Um, that's that's a bigger story to me, and uh, unfortunately, a blight on UFC PR and how they're handling the the media that covers them. That just means there's three slots for us at uh, UFC 200, and I'm sure yeah. that's really going to happen. You never know. Mm-hmm. I did see Dana White on Friday at the RFA show, mm-hmm. and he did shake my hand. That's nice. Was it nice? Yeah, it was. It seems like it would. Be. It was. He kind of gave me like a little, you know, the what's up, dog, and then you know. <laughs> Yes, that really not. did happen, by the way. I'm not even joking. That really did happen. You know, well, for, I think for you're next, that close to Sean Shelby's For job, next then. week, he once offered me a job at the Fox Sports 1 desk one, one night, but I never he never came through on it. Really? There's video evidence. That's awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. So tune in next week to AfterBuzz TV. Nah. Well, either way, yeah. tune in next time to AfterBuzz TV. <laughs> but in the meantime, where can people find you? Nothing has changed in the past... 58 or so uh, minutes. I'm still at JTAN716 all over the internet. As always, Double G on TV. I am George Hermosa. You can follow me at GHermosa, G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Uh, I do have a YouTube account, but I never use I mean, I don't post video up. But Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, Snapchat. Uh, which Shout way? out to Bruce Lee, Chris Mingy, and our chief quarterman, Joe Boza, in the chat room. Thanks, guys. We will be back in a few weeks to cover the next uh, UFC fight night. Mm-hmm. Steven Thompson versus Rory McDonald. Uh, we're going to try to go for a guest, but I know if not, I know you're still going to interview Josh Gross, who, you know, coincidentally has a book That's out coming out. really going to be a fascinating talk. Muhammad Ali is. versus Antonio Noki going yeah. all about that. And it really goes into, delves into, you know, pre-MMA, you know, pre-UFC. So mm-hmm. that's a pretty cool thing. But in the meantime, uh, we'll uh, catch you guys later. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.